الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد So we have a brand new surah today. Last time we completed and we finished surah Al-Balad. لا أقسم بهذا البلد. And now we have come to a new surah and that is surah Al-Fajr. Because we're going backwards, remember? We went from, first of all, surah Al-Fatiha. And then after surah Al-Fatiha, we went to Surah An-Nas, and so on. Actually, I think I started with Qul Allahu Ahad, but generally speaking, I've been going from the end of the Qur'an towards the beginning of Juz'am, Amma Yatasa'alun. That's what we're heading for. And maybe we're aiming to do whatever Allah makes easy, one juz, two juz. No doubt the latter part of the Qur'an is longer to make tafsir than the earlier part. We explained that last time, if you remember, we said that the small surahs at the end of the Qur'an require longer in tafsir than the long surahs at the beginning, comparatively, uh, ayah, ayah. Because generally the style of the Qur'an at the end of the Qur'an is that Allah Azza wa Jal gives you a lot of information in very few words. And the style of the Qur'an in the beginning is a little bit more like Surah Al-Baqarah and Ali Imran and Nisa is a little bit more detailed. And so it, you, can, you can go through the ayat a little bit, you know, so it's a little bit, it doesn't require as much detail. But here, every word has a huge amount of detail behind it, generally speaking. That's one of the things that we see to be, you know, among the mufassal, the surahs that we call al-mufassal. Does anyone remember what we call the mufassal surahs? Where do they start? The surahs that are called al-mufassal. There's a part of the Quran called al-mufassal. Al-mufassal means the broken ayat, in little ayat, small ayat. Every, every ayat is broken into small ayat. In small ayat, small ayat, small ayat. Obviously it ends with surah al-nas, no doubt. Qul a'udhu bi rabbin nas, malikin nas, ilahin nas. Where does it start? Where's the start of Al-Mufassal? The, the Qur'an that has the, the small ayat. Obviously, Surah Al-Baqarah is long. The ayat are long, right? Ali Imran, the ayat are long. Nisa, Al-Ma'idah, Al-An'am, Al-A'raf, Al-Anfal, Al-Tawbah, Yunus. Long, long. Ud, Yusuf. Ra'at and so on, like these are long, the ayat are long, generally speaking. Where do the small ayahs start in the Quran? The scholars differ in any case. Do we have some answers? What do you think? They start from Surah Qaf, generally. Some of the scholars said Al Hujurat. 
But they start from Surah Qaf Surah Qaf, how far is it through the Quran? Surah Qaf How many If Juz Amma we count it as number one And Juz Tabarak is number two If we count it from the back What's the third one? Qad Sami' The fourth one The beginning of Surah Al-Thariyat And then just a little bit before that We have Surah Qaf So four and a bit Juz At the back of the Quran Four and a half maybe something like that Four and a bit from the, from the back of the Qur'an These are the surahs that have very short ayat And generally speaking Mufassal means it has a lot of breaks in it Yeah, It's a break, a break, a break, a break A lot of ayat And if you think about it The Prophet ﷺ when he would lead the salah most of the time he would lead the salah with al-mufassal Even Fajr Even Salatul Fajr Most of the time he would lead Salatul Fajr And al-Dhuhr, al-Maghrib, al-Asr, al-Isha All of them he would lead from the mufassal From this last part of the Quran Yes, sometimes he would read other places But generally his sunnah Usually Usually is that he would lead the salah from the mufassal Which are the surahs which have lots of ayat, small ayat And this is one of them, Surah Al-Fajr Surah Al-Fajr The mufassal is divided into three, right? Tiwal Al-Mufassal You have Qisar Al-Mufassal You have the long mufassal surahs And the very short ones and the medium length so which Mufassal Surahs are the short ones? Until where? Well, many of you have memorized Annie, what do you think? Many of you have memorized plenty of, the, of Juz Amma yani, The kids and everything Maybe some of the adults know But the kids, yani, memorize plenty Where are the small, small ayat? Yani, the, where does it start? Which Surah? It's probably not Surah Al-Fajr, right? It's a bit long, huh? Where does it start being very, very short? Little bit, but even past that little bit. Still, you have the, the last ayah in Surah Shams. What's the last ayah in Surah Shams? It's a long ayah, huh? Roughly, alam nashrah laka sadrak. Roughly, roughly, roughly speaking, alam nashrah laka sadrak. Yani a quarter of juz amma. The last quarter of juz amma is very, very short. And wallahi al azim, yani to the, the adults among us who are not memorizing the Quran, we say that I know the kids, mashallah, any from the kids I know here, all the kids are memorizing, mashallah. But wallah, it's a bit sad if we have adults haven't memorized the last quarter even of the Qur'an, of, the, of Juz Amma, the last quarter of Juz Amma. Even the smallest ones, even the baby, baby surahs, the, the ayahs are very, very small. The ones the Prophet led in Salatul Maghrib, sometimes Salatul Isha, the very small ones. So if Alam Nashrah Laka Sadrak is one of the small ones and then onwards to Surah Al-Nas, where are the medium ones? 
Gone, Aisha, what do you think? When do they start getting long? When do the ayahs start getting very long? Mutaffifin, okay, not bad, not bad. Bit past there, maybe. Amma yatasa'alun, okay, surah naba, yeah, around, around there. Around there. Around there. So typically, the surahs that are less than a page, around a page, less than a page, those are medium length, like Surah Al-Fajr. Surah Al-Fajr is how many pages in the Mus'haf? One and a little bit, right? One and... Yeah, one and a little bit. It's one and a... One and a little bit. Okay. So it is from the medium length Mufassal. Those medium length ones, when did the Prophet used to recite them? The medium. Now, Maghrib, typically the short ones, very short ones. Alam nashrah lak sadrak, wattini wa zaytun. When did the Prophet used to recite the medium length ones like Al Fajr? Now, on Maghrib, usually the short ones. Usually. Some of the riwayat say in Maghrib. Dhuhr and Asr and Isha. Dhuhr, Asr, Isha. Typically. And as for Fajr, he would recite from Tiwal al-Mufassal, the long Mufassal surahs. And generally, the Prophet ﷺ would recite one whole surah in every rak'ah. Generally. He wouldn't recite, for example, the last part of a, of a surah or from the middle or half and half. Usually, he would recite one whole surah from the long ones. So give me an example of a long surah, for example. For example, Al-Mulk. Right? Al-Mulk, what comes after Al-Mulk? Yeah, the other, in, into, into Tabarak, just Tabarak. What comes into, after Al-Mulk? Qalam, huh? So maybe Al-Mulk and Qalam, for example. Or maybe Ar-Rahman, or what comes after Ar-Rahman? Al-Waqi'ah, maybe. Yeah? Rahman and Al-Waqi'ah, for example. Why am I mentioning this? Because Ibn Kathir rahimullah ta'ala is going to start his explanation of this surah with a hadith. And this hadith concerns the noble companion Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu. Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu used to lead the people in Isha. He used to lead the people when? Isha, right? So he used to pray with the Prophet ﷺ, then he would go back to his people, he would lead them with Isha. One day he led the people in Isha, and he made the prayer long. He read a nice long surah. He made it long. And there was a man praying with him, and in the middle of the salah, what did the man do? He stopped and he went and prayed by himself. He went and he stopped. And he mentioned that he was a camel. He had camels. Or he had a camel or camels. And he couldn't leave it. And he came. I came for Isha. I didn't come for Qiyam al-Layl. Yani. Like I came for Isha time. So he prayed by himself. When Mu'ad saw him, he said, Munafiq. He's a, he's a Munafiq. He's a hypocrite. Because why he's not praying with the people. 
So the man came and complained to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to Mu'adh, Aturidu an takuna fattanan ya Mu'adh. In this narration he said, Afattanun ya Mu'adh. Are you trying to put the people in trial? Are you trying to make the people dislike the salah and making the people, things hard for the people? You made it so bad that that man had to pray by himself. Are you making it hard for the people? Aina anta min sabbihisma rabbika al-a'la wa shamsi wa duhaha wal fajr wal layli idha yaghsha. He said, where are you, O Mu'adh, in relation to four surahs? He gave him four surahs as an example of what to lead Isha with. And he gave him four surahs as an example of Isha. And And Al-Fajr and Wal-Layli Ida Yaghsha. So Al-Fajr is an example of a suitable surah to lead the people for Isha. For example, you lead the people with Al-Fajr and then Al-Balad. Or you lead them with Al-Fajr and Al-Shams. Or Al-Shams and Al-Layl. This is the kind of length that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would lead the people in Isha. And Isha was a hard prayer to pray, remember. Isha was a prayer that was hard to pray. It was hard for the munafiqeen. Because remember, it's not like this time now. Like now we are people who've become used to living in the night. Because of electric lights and because of, you know, the way that the world is now. Before Isha time was bedtime, you know, you, as soon as it got dark at Maghrib, after that there is very little, once the light is gone at Isha, there is not really anything now you can do. You can light an oil lamp or something, but it's not, uh, you know, wasn't common. That was it. The people would found Isha very hard. That's why the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned two prayers are very hard for the munafiq. Fajr and Isha. And definitely in the UK, in the north of the UK, we experience this Isha problem in the summer, right? When Isha is really late. And you see the people struggling to come for Isha. And that's why Isha is hard upon the munafiqeen. And Fajr is hard upon the munafiqeen. So the first thing we learned about this surah is, we learned about this surah that it is a surah that is of a medium length among the, the, end, of, at the end of the Qur'an. And it's, a suitable, it's suitable to lead. The Prophet gave it as an example for leading Salat al-Isha. Likewise, Dhuhr and Asr are of a similar length. A little bit more in Dhuhr, a little bit less in Asr. In Dhuhr, a little bit longer. Asr, a little bit shorter, and so on. We're not going to talk, first of all, about the topic of the surah too much. Because I want to quote you Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimullah ta'ala, later on. But I just want to give you a rough idea. Allah Azza wa Jal in this surah. In fact, let's just ask, because we, we haven't done this for a while. You guys have a bit of familiarity with the surah. It's not a, I'm not asking you about surah Al-Ma'idah or something you know, I'm asking you about a surah you've heard What do you think about the theme of the surah? Anyone got any ideas? I'm not talking about the whole You don't have to give me a whole answer Just what, you, what have you heard about the surah has in it 
What do you know about the surah until now? Akid, you've heard this surah been read many times. Wal-Fajr, Walayalin Ashr, Wal-Shaf'i, Wal-Watr. Many times. Yeah, what do you think? Fir'aun is in there. Who else is in there from the, from the nations who disbelieved? Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi'ad. Yeah, ad. Iramadati al-imad. Okay. Wa thamud al-ladhina jabu al-sakhra bil-wad. Thamud, Fir'aun. And what happened to them? So it mentions jaza, the punishments that happened to Ad, Thamud and Fir'aun. It talks about the situation of man. Yeah, what else? فَأَمَّا الْإِنسَانُ إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ Okay, Dhul Hijjah, very good. Talks about the virtue of Dhul Hijjah, excellent. وَلَيَالٍ عَشْرٍ وَالشَّفْعِ وَالْوَتْرٍ Sorry? Okay, the Fajr. Okay, so we've got a little bit of an idea. We've got a little bit of an idea. I'm not going to quote, usually I start off by telling you the theme of the surah, but I want to leave it because Ibn al-Qayyim did such an amazing job of it in, in his, uh, his commentary. So I want to leave it for there. So we start with the beginning of the surah, wal-fajr. The wow here we know by now. We know what the wow means, don't we? We've learned the wow, this wow that comes with a kasra on the next word. What does it mean? وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَا وَالضُحَا What does it mean? Allah is swearing. It's wawul qasam. Allah is swearing an oath by these things. As for us, who do we swear by? When we swear. When I say, I swear by, do you see, I swear by my father's grave or I swear by my mother's life. Haram. It's not allowed. It's an example of a shirk, yeah? You can't say, I swear by my father's life or swear by my mother's life or swear by my father's whatever the people swear by. You can only swear by Allah, right? You have to say, Wallahi, I swear by Allah. That's what you have to say. Okay? What about Allah when He swears by things? What does Allah swear by? Does He only swear by Himself? He swears by Al Mu'avvam min Khalqihi. The, the greatest of the things that he created. So every time Allah swears by something in the Qur'an, we know that this is something mu'avvam. It's very huge and great and significant in the sight of Allah. So Allah swore by Al-Fajr. Al-Fajr is a time, right? We all agreed that Al-Fajr is a time. And we're not talking about Salatul Fajr exactly, although I'll come to Ibn Al-Qayyim in a minute, what he said about Salatul Fajr. We're talking about the time. What other times has Allah sworn by in the Qur'an that we've covered in tafsir up to now? Duha, Allah swore by the morning, the early part of the morning. What other ones? Wal-Layl, Allah swore by the, the night time. Did we cover any other ones? Wal-Asr, Wal-Asr. Some of the scholars, they said Asr here, it doesn't mean time. Some of them said it means time and some of them said it means Asr and the late afternoon. Well, Asr. Okay. So here Allah swears by Al-Fajr, Wal-Fajr. And we know it's an oath, it's, a sw- it's swearing because of the Kasra, the Wal-Fajri. If you join it, Wal-Fajri Ashrin. Yeah, when you join it, the Kasra on the Fajr. Fajr here, it shows us that 
This is an oath. And Allah is swearing by Al-Fajr. So this is a very important time. This is an extremely important time. And from the scholars of Islam, there are those who said that this is the best of the, all the times in the day. And there are actually narrations, you guys know, that Allah Azza wa Jal descends in the last third of the night. That Allah Azza wa Jal descends in a way that befits His majesty. Allah Azza wa Jal descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. Allah Azza wa Jal descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night in a way that befits His majesty. We don't say, how does Allah do that? How does Allah descend? We don't answer that question. We say Allah knows how He descends. But Allah descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. There are narrations which indicate that this continues until the time of the Fajr prayer. Yani al-nuzul al-ilahi that Allah Azza wa Jal descends to the last third to the lowest heaven continues even at the time of Fajr. There are some narrations like that. But what did Allah Azza wa Jal tell us about Fajr? Surah Al-Isra Aqim salata li duluk al-shamsi ila ghasaq al-layl wa Qur'an al-fajr Inna Qur'an al-fajr kana mashhuda Perform the prayer li duluk al-shams ila ghasaq al-layl Duluk al-shams is when the sun is in the middle of the sky What prayer is that? When the sun is in the middle of the sky Dhuhr ila ghasaq al-layl until the time when the night comes the night is fully set in. What time is that? Now when the night is fully set in. In Maghrib, still light outside, huh? Isha, huh? In Maghrib, the light is still out. I mean, the sun set, but the light is... Outside is still light. إِلَىٰ غَسَقِ اللَّيْلِ وَقُرْآنَ الْفَجْرِ And the recitation of the Fajr. إِنَّ قُرْآنَ الْفَجْرِ كَانَ مَشْهُودًا The Qur'an at Fajr time is witnessed. Okay, I've got two questions for you. I'll give you the easy one first. Who witnesses the Qur'an at Fajr? What special thing, what special witnesses, other than Allah what special witnesses witness the Qur'an at Fajr different from Dhuhr, for example? That was the easy question, guys. <laughs> that wasn't the hard one. That was the easy one. Yalla, what, what are the mashayikh on YouTube saying? The angels, excellent. Which angels though? The angels uh, witness at Dhuhr. Which angels? The angels work in two shifts. Yeah? The angels work 12-hour shifts. They work in two shifts. They work in a day shift and a night shift. Okay? The angels, they... You have angels of the night and angels of the day. At Fajr, the angels of the night and the angels of the day both are present. And they both witness the recitation at Fajr. The Quran at Fajr time, i.e., the Salah at Fajr time, is witnessed by the angels. Very good. Now for the hard question. Someone comes to you and says to you, this ayah in Surah Al-Isra is a proof 
that we as Muslims only pray three times a day. Have you heard these Quran, these hadith rejectors, very famous. They reject hadith. They say, we don't believe the hadith. Leave us the hadith. What we find in the book of Allah, we follow. They say, we only follow what is in the book of Allah. We don't believe in the sunnah, we don't believe in the hadith. So they only pray three times a day. They only pray three times a day. Use the same ayah in Surah Al-Isra to respond to them. They said, he said, what's your evidence? He said, Perform the prayer from the time when the sun is in the middle. Then you've got to the time when the darkness comes in the night and the fajr prayer. Three times. Dhuhr, Isha and fajr. That's all they pray. They say, this Asr and Maghrib, you people invented it from the sunnah. You sunni people, you just made it up. I'm not asking you to respond with Bukhari and Muslims. Too easy. Take Surah Al-Isra and show me where they misunderstood the ayah, where the ayah clearly shows all five prayers. If you can't do that, then bring me other ayat that mention Maghrib and Asr. That's easier. You many ayat that mention Maghrib and Asr elsewhere. Uh, okay, but the ayat in Surah Al-Isra. Wallah, we have people on YouTube, their computers in front of them. Allah. Allah Azza wa didn't mention so it didn't mention three prayers in Surah Al-Isra. Anyone who said Allah mentioned three prayers in Surah Al-Isra has not understood the ayah. Allah mentioned a start time and an end time and another prayer. Allah did not mention three prayers. In fact, the strangest thing is Duluk al-Shams is when the sun is directly above. When the sun is directly above. Dhuhr starts after that. Dhuhr starts after that. لِدُلُوكِ shams إِلَىٰ غَسَقِ اللَّيْلِ Until the end of the night. You pray from Dhuhr until Isha plus Fajr. You pray from Dhuhr until Isha plus Fajr. Not Dhuhr, Isha and Fajr. Not Dhuhr, Isha and Fajr. From Dhuhr until Isha as well as Fajr. And that's just one simple answer. Otherwise, there are many ayat in the Quran that mention Maghrib and that mention Salatul Asr. And the Sunnah of the Prophet is plentiful in explaining to us the five daily prayers and the ijma' of the Muslims that all agreed upon the five daily prayers and so on and so forth. These people are not difficult to give them an answer. But I just want you to understand that when someone brings you an ayah like that, when someone brings you an ayah like that, you don't even need to look for another ayah. You can even respond to them with the same ayah. Because there's no way any ayah in the Quran contradicts that which is mentioned in the authentic sunnah. Or any way that the sunnah contradicts itself or the Quran contradicts itself. So in reality, the same ayah has an evidence against them. Has, this, has an evidence against them.
And many, many examples of that when you hear people bring in ayah to justify their misguidance and things like that, and they bring you an ayah. If you look at that ayah itself, that ayah itself has an answer in it. Let alone if you go outside and you start. So what you do, you start with the ayah. First, you refute them from the ayah. Then you bring in the other ayat. Then you bring in the hadith. Then you bring in the consensus. Then you bring in what the scholars said. And you leave them with the ceiling falling down on their heads. And they have nothing left. From this example, we saw this Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala. And after a while, he just got you know, tired of just responding to people like that. Like I'm just, they have no answer. So now I'm going to make myself a, a rule. I'm only going to respond to you with the same ayah you bring to me. And I'm going to show you how your opinion cannot be correct. So a person has confidence in the, in the revelation of Allah Azza wa Jal. You don't ever feel, you know, like these people, somebody brings you an ayah here, ayah there. We're living in this time, yani people, that's why I'm sharing this information, because people are sharing all the time shubahat, confusion on, YouTube, on their YouTube, Facebooks and Twitter and, you know, social media, and they're, they're passing across you know, false information, confusing people. But actually, if you look at the same information that they say, as long as it's authentic, any authentic hadith or ayah, you will find just in that one ayah enough to prove that they are, that their answer is not correct, or that their conclusion is not correct. So we said, well, Fajr is a time which is a blessed time. And uh, Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned Al-Fajr here with Al, yani the Fajr, the Fajr, because this time is well known to everybody. Everybody knows what the Fajr time is. Even the people who are not praying, they know what the Fajr is. How do you see the Fajr? What is the, what is the Fajr? What's the definition of Fajr? You know, the other day, myself and one of the, the brothers in the masjid, we went out to, we went out to Tynemouth to look for the Fajr. The reason we went out to look for the Fajr is some of the brothers were a bit concerned about the prayer times. They felt like Fajr might be a bit too early, a bit too late. You know the prayer times are not perfect, right? The timetables. They're not perfect. They're best effort. At the end of the day, use the, you know, the Mark 1 eyeball, yeah? Much better than the prayer timetable. But alhamdulillah, prayer timetables make things easy. So one of the brothers was a bit concerned. Another brother spoke to me. He was worried. They came. They said, Wallah, we're not convinced. We've looked outside. We think that the, you're praying Fajr too early. You're praying Fajr before the time. So I said, there's only one solution, let's go. So alhamdulillah, we live very close to the eastern uh, coast. For those people who are watching on YouTube, they don't know. So we're living very, very close to the coast. So after you know, 15 minutes, we reached the coast, and we stood on the coast, and we looked for the Fajr. What are you looking for? When the sky starts to get light, but the sun isn't up, no. If you're looking for that, it's not precise enough. You're gonna fight, you're gonna pray Fajr at the wrong time. You're looking for a horizontal light that spreads wide along the horizon. Actually, there are two Fajrs. There is Fajrun Kadib wa Fajrun Sadiq. There's a fake Fajr and a true Fajr. The fake Fajr is what? When the light goes up, just before Fajr, real Fajr, you see some light that comes up but it doesn't stretch out wide it goes up but it doesn't go it doesn't go wide it just goes up and down and then it goes dark again the true fajr you can tell it through two things 
Number one, it goes wide. It gets wider and wider. And number two, it doesn't get dark afterwards. The false fajr, it gets light and then it goes. The true fajr, it gets light, it gets wider and 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 lighter and lighter. This is the true fajr. And just out of interest, we actually saw the true fajr around about seven minutes after the time on the prayer timetable, which is within the error, margin of error. That's perfectly acceptable. Yani prayer timetable, like we said, it's not, yani it's not sent down by Allah. Yani it's like a best effort. So seven minutes is reasonable. That's why, generally speaking, I would say with things like fajr, generally, yani for your salah, and maybe don't pray yani at the first time you're, you know, if the time for fajr is, for example, I don't know, 5.21, don't pray it at 5.21, you leave it till 5.30, for example, just a few minutes, because there's a margin of error in the prayer timetables. So we saw it by our eyes seven minutes after the time of the prayer timetable. This time is a very blessed time. And when, do you remember when, uh, when Ustad Jamal came to the masjid and he gave us a talk and he said, you have to give the Qur'an your most precious time. He said, if you want to be hafid of the Qur'an, you have to give the Qur'an your most precious time. The time that is the most valuable to you. And that is generally the time that is the most blessed and the most valuable is the Fajr time. From the Fajr prayer until the sun rises up. والفجر وليال عشر وليال عشر Allah Azza wa Jal swore by ten nights Alright, here's a difficult question Very difficult question Which ten nights? Okay, the ten nights of Ramadan It's not the opinion of many It's the opinion of a minority of scholars of Tafsir Not the majority not to say it's not correct, but it's not the opinion of the any jamahir or mufassirin. The overwhelming majority of the mufassirin, they do not say the last 10 nights of Ramadan. We already mentioned it. Which 10 nights? Very good. Which Eid? Try the other one. Eid al-Adha. Okay. The majority of the scholars of tafsir, they said that the 10 nights are the 10 days of the hijjah But hold on a second, we have a problem here. Because Allah said nights. And I just said 10 days of the hijjah So does it not now make sense to be the last 10 nights of Ramadan, right? Why? Why the overwhelming majority? I need the jamahir al-mufassirin. They said the 10 days of the hijjah How is that when it says walayalin ashr, not wa'ayamin ashr, not the 10 days, the 10 nights? We have a few Arabic speakers, they can tell us why. The Arabs in the first place use the word day and mean night and use the word night and mean day. The words are interchangeable in Arabic. And in, in, in fluent, in classical Arabic, you say the word night and mean day, and you say the word day and mean, and mean night. And the two are not, uh, when you say a night, you mean the night and the day, and you say a day, you mean a day and a, a day and the night. 
Before that, in the topic of Al-Fajr, we kept Fajr general, right? We said that Fajr is the time of Fajr. Some of the scholars of Tafsir, they made it specific. How did they make it specific? They said it is the Fajr, it is the Fajr on the day of Eid, Eid al-Adha. Where did they get that from? Not from, the, not from a particular hadith, but where did they take that from? That well fajr walayalin ashr. Because it's mentioned in the next ayah. The next ayah talks about the 10 days of the hijjah. So they said that the fajr here is the fajr of yawm al-nahr. The day of Eid, the day of slaughtering. However, some of them also said it's the beginning, the fajr of Dhul uh, Hijjah, the month of Dhul Hijjah. It's the, it's the Fajr of the month of Dhul Hijjah. But in reality, Allah kept it general, so we should really, and there's no reason why we have to give it, a, give it a something that Allah didn't give it. You know, we just keep it general. Allah kept it general, we keep it general. Well, Fajr, the Fajr time. Now, here's an interesting question. Ibn al Qayyim mentioned it. The Fajr is said, the Fajr. Well, Fajr. The Fajr. Walayalin Ashr is not said, there is no Al. It's not Walayali Al Ashr. Why? Ibn al Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, because this is an indication that knowing the virtue of these 10 days requires knowledge. Whereas Al Fajr, everybody knows it. Al Fajr is something everybody can know. But as for the layal in Ashr, which 10 days are the best in the sight of Allah and the most important in the sight of Allah and what actions you should do in them, so this requires knowledge. This requires ilm, requires knowledge. You can't just, you know, you, just, you don't just naturally, oh yeah, you know, my dad taught me what's the fajr. You have to, you have to understand and you have to know it. It's not so easy like that, that it just, it's just natural that people know what the fajr is. If I say to you the dawn, you might get slightly, you know, give or take a little bit wrong. But generally speaking, you know what the dawn is. It's, a, it's like, a, it's not something you had to learn or study. Whereas, al-liyali, al-ashar, these require, it requires knowledge. So which is better? The last 10 nights of Ramadan or the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah? Dhul-Hijjah. Mm. Ramadan, okay. Do we have a third opinion? There's three opinions, so you missed the third one. Okay, that's the same as the other one. You brought me two opinions, but I need three. No, not they're both the same. That was a good try. But no, not they're both the same. The days of Dhul-Hijjah and the nights of Ramadan. That's the opinion of Ibn Qayyim, that the days of Dhul-Hijjah are better and the nights of Ramadan are better. Wallahi, Sheikh Khalid al-Sabt, when he explained it, he took the opinion that the days of Dhul-Hijjah are better, absolutely better. The days and the nights are better than the days of Ramadan and the nights of Ramadan. And that, that is, yani, there's definitely a delil for that. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, مَا مِنْ أَيَّامٍ العمل الصالح فيهن أحب إلى الله من هذه الأيام العشر قالوا ولا الجهاد في سبيل الله قال ولا الجهاد في سبيل الله إلا رجل 
خرج بأهل خرج بنفسه وماله فلم يرجع من ذلك بشيء أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said that there is no day in the year in which good deeds are better and more beloved to Allah than these ten days of the Hijjah. Than the ten days of the Hijjah. They said not even jihad for Allah. He said not even jihad. What's the delil in that? Not even jihad. There's a delil in it to say that they're better than Ramadan. What's the evidence that they're better in Ramadan? From the statement of the Prophet not even jihad. How does that prove that the days of the Hijjah might be better than Ramadan? They said not even jihad or messenger of Allah. He said not even jihad except for a man who leaves with his money and himself and he doesn't come back with either. And he loses his money for Allah and his life for Allah. How does that prove that they're better than Ramadan? They said because he didn't say except for a person who prays the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And the Prophet didn't make any exception to those 10 days being the best. He didn't say, what about the people who pray in the nights of Ramadan? He didn't say, except for the one who prays Laylatul Qadr. He didn't make any exception to those 10 days being the best. However, what's the evidence for Ramadan? Being the best What's the strongest evidence they have Very easy one Everyone knows Bring the ayah though No just bring me Inna anzalnahu fi laylatul qadr Wa ma adraka ma laylatul qadr Laylatul qadri khayrun Min alfi shahar The laylat of al-qadr Is better than a thousand months So they said a thousand months And he includes a thousand of Dhul hijjah or a thousand of the months, yani includes so many, not a thousand of the hijjah, but it includes a thousand over twelve, yani. Of the, yani so you can say what a yani, a little bit less than a hundred, so many eighty-three, eighty something, eighty-three, something like that. Eighty-three the hijjahs. Some of the scholars joined between it and said, the first ten days of the hijjah are the best, except for Laylatul Qadr. And they said the days of the hijjah are better than Ramadan, except for Laylatul Qadr only. Only Laylatul Qadr is the best, is better than the days of the Hijjah. And some of them, like Ibn al-Qayyim, they said the days of the Hijjah are better and the nights of Ramadan are better. But what I wanted to show to you from this is not only how deep the scholars study things, but I wanted to, to really show you something very important. And we're going to stop it after one more ayah. We don't want to go too long. But I, uh, I wanted to show you something I believe is extremely important. How much people miss out on the rewards in Islam? Every one of you, I know, inshallah, last 10 nights of Ramadan, you were doing something, inshallah. You were trying to pray, you came to a masjid even one time, you were fasting in the day. How many of you in the first 10 days of the Hijjah, which many of the scholars say are better than the nights of Ramadan, how many of you made that effort in the first 10 days of the Hijjah? Very few people. Not about us here, but I mean generally, people. Yeah. Even, wallah, everybody, myself, I say the same thing. Can I say that the effort I made in the last 10 days of Ramadan, that's the kind of effort I make in the first 10 days of the Hijjah? Not, it's not, no, not usually. Yeah. It's not like you have to really appreciate. And that's why Ibn al-Qayyim said that Allah said, وَلَيَالٍ عَشَرٍ And he didn't say, وَلَيَالِي al-ashr. 
because it requires knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, you will not know how important this is. If you don't have knowledge, many good deeds will miss you by. Do you remember what the companion said when the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever, follow, whoever prays over a janazah, when the janazah comes, the body comes and prays over the janazah, he gets a qirat, which is like a, the mountain of Uhud in reward. And when they follow the, the body to the cemetery, they get any two of them. Some of the Sahaba said, how many of these we lost? We didn't realize and we didn't know about it. And many of these mountains of rewards, we lost it because we didn't know about it. And that's the situation. If a person doesn't study and learn their religion, many things are going to go past you, which are very important. And many things you're not going to do, which you had to do. And many sins you're going to fall into because you didn't learn your religion properly. So this is part of what we can take from this early part of the surah. Wal-fajr, ashr wal-watr. is an odd number. And al-watr and in qira'a al-witr, both are correct. You can recite both either way. Just like you can recite maliki yawmiddin and what's the other qira'a? What else have you heard people recite apart from Maliki Yomiddin? What do people recite? Maliki Yomiddin. Yeah, so there is a way of reciting the Quran. Maliki Yomiddin, there is a way of reciting the Quran. Maliki Yomiddin. And the different uh, styles of reading have different, each one has different, uh, you know, choices. So there is also a difference in this word. Washafi. Wal-watr and wal-shaf'i wal-witr. But the two here mean the same thing. So they don't, some people think with the qira'at, some people think that always the words mean the same thing. Meaning whenever the pronunciation changes, but the meaning will be the same. But that's not the case. That's not the case. Many times the, the word changes and the meaning changes completely. Completely. Complete difference, the meaning changes. From one to the, to the other. And sometimes the meaning stays the same, but the pronunciation is different. But what is there never? There's never contradiction. There's never contradiction. But there is sometimes a difference in meaning. It gives you more meanings and more understanding. And that's also very sad, Wallah, in this day and age, that many of us, I would say majority of Muslims, we don't even know anything about the qira'at of the Qur'an. We never hear anyone recite the Qur'an differently. The only thing we hear is Hafsan Asim. We just hear the normal style that everybody reads in the masjid. That's the only thing we hear. But we cannot even find, barely find the Imam who is half in Hafs, let alone can read in different styles of the Qur'an. And then when someone reads the other day, it was Sheikh Jamal came, he read Surah Al-Fajr, and half the masjid was going to correct him. I don't know if he read was Shafi'i, well, or he read some different styles of the in Surah Al-Fajr, and wallah, the people wanted to, and they're like, Why, what's he rereading? He doesn't know how to read Surah Al-Fajr. So, you should at least be aware of it. You know, if you download Quran, sometimes they, sometimes I'm not saying don't confuse your hifth or something like don't mix up your hifth, but sometimes if you just want to listen to the Quran, listen to it in a different style, so you don't completely lose. And it's like you're losing. You're only getting one over nine out of the Qur'an. 
and you're leaving eight parts, yani, or you're getting nine out of ten, for example. And usually ten main qiraat, there's many, but ten are ten main. You're getting one out of ten and you're leaving nine out of ten. And so at least leave yourself some knowledge of this a little bit, just from time to time. And we don't mention all the qiraat here. We don't, I don't always mention the qiraat, but sometimes I mention just here and there. So one of the different ways of reading is al-watr and al-witr. Wal-shaf'i, wal-witr. And both of them mean the same thing. They mean the odd. One is in the language of Quraysh, yani how Quraysh used to say it. And one is in the language of Tamim, how Tamim used to say it. Both are fluent Arabic and both are classical Arabic. But even classical Arabic, they had differences among the tribes. That was classical. It wasn't, it's not a mistake. But they had differences among the tribes. And some of the tribes used to say Watr, and some of the tribes used to say Witr. These days we tend to say Witr in terms of our, like when we speak among each other, don't we? We call it the Witr prayer and things like that. So what is the Witr or the Watr? A Shafi' is even number. And al-witr or al-watr is an odd number, an odd number. So here the scholars of tafsir, they differed among each other. What is the even number and what is the odd number? In reality, and Allah knows best, I personally feel that all of these examples they gave are minbab al-tamthir, they're just examples. And in reality, Allah swore by the even number and the odd number. What are examples of what could be meant by the even number and the odd number? One of the famous ones is that the even number is creation and the odd number is the creator. Why? The even number is creation, al-khalq, and al-witr is al-khaliq, the creator. Allah is one. Inna Allah witrun. Yuhibbul witr. One of the names of Allah is al witr. Allah is witr and he loves al witr. Allah is odd numbered. Yani Allah is odd number. One. One is the odd number. Allah is odd numbered and he loves that which is odd numbered. But why is the why is creation called a shafi? Sorry? Yes, the even and odd. No, what some of them said is uh, with the even and odd, I'll talk about others. I want to talk about now why is, why is creation called even? It's a very simple answer. Not equal, so to speak, but not nearly. Allah created us in pairs. Allah created us, Zawjain, all of creation. Typically, the yani, vast majority of creation. Yani, Allah created them in Azwaja. Didn't Allah Azwaja say in Surah An-Naba, وَخَلَقْنَاكُمْ Azwaja, we created you in pairs. Zawj is a pair, right? Zawjan, it's a pair. So male and female, husband and wife. And like this, Allah created his creation in pairs. Right? When Allah Azawajal is one, he doesn't have... He doesn't have any pair to go with him. He doesn't have any companion or any associate or any wife or any son or any daughter. He doesn't have anyone to go with him. He's alone. Alone and with no partner. 
witr. Whereas all of Allah's creation is shafa'. That's one, one statement. Some of them, they took it based on which nights? Which nights? We're talking about the, the 10 days of the Hijjah. So how is, what is the shafa'a wal witr? We're talking about Dhul-Hijjah. Leave, leave Ramadan on the side now. We're going Dhul-Hijjah. Dhul-Hijjah, which is a shafi wal witr? What's odd and what's even? What day is Eid day? Wallah, all you guys celebrate Eid, you don't know what day is Eid day. What day is Eid day? What day? Eid is the 10th day. Eid is the 10th day. So Eid is even. And the day that is Allah frees the most people from the hellfire is Arafah. And it is odd. So some of them said, Shafi'i wal Witr is Eid day and Arafah. But here there's no need to say that's the only meaning. Because the Allah kept it general, even and odd. Some of them they took it to mean the prayers. The fard and the sunnah. Because the fard prayers, there is shafa' and there is witr. What is the shafa' among the fard prayers? Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Isha. What is witr among the fard prayers? Maghrib. Right? Maghrib is three raka'at. Among the sunnah prayers, Salatul Layl, Mathna, Mathna. The night prayer is two by two. And if you fear the Fajr time coming, then you pray witr and you make it odd-numbered, yeah? Odd-numbered. So some of them said this. And many, many other examples they gave of even and odd. How many times you go around the tawaf, around the Kaaba? Seven, witr. And what do you pray afterwards? What do you pray after tawaf? Two raka'at. You pray two raka'at of tawaf. Was shafi'i wal witr. Yani you have the two raka'at of tawaf and the seven times going around the Kaaba. Safa and Marwa, how many? Mountains. Two mountains. How many times you go between Safa and Marwa? Seven times. Was shafi'i wal witr. So, like this, there are many, many things in Islam. There are combinations of even and odd, even and odd, even and odd, even and odd. And I will quote you later on when we come to it, many examples from the scholars of Islam and the scholars of tafsir. They gave maybe, maybe hundreds is an exaggeration, but they gave a lot of examples of things which are even and odd, even and odd. And it seems to me, and Allah knows best, that Allah swore by all of them. Because Allah generally swore by وَالشَّفْعِ وَالْوَتْرِ The things that are even and the things that are odd Any from the great things amongst Allah's creation And the great ibadat And the acts of worship And the days and the times That you worship Allah That are even and the other ones that are odd And even as you said The even nights of Ramadan And the odd nights of Ramadan and so on All of this is within the statement of Allah وَالشَّفْعِ وَالْوَتْرِ Last one, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَسْرِ Because this is the last part of the Qasim. وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَسْرِ By the night time, إِذَا يَسْرِ 
here, uh, I don't usually go too much into Arabic, but just for the people who are uh, Arabic speakers, we need to make a point here. Yasr here has a kasra on it, right? Yeah, it's got a kasra on it. It's got a kasra on the end. What is this? If you said this word in normal Arabic, what would you say? You wouldn't say yasr. What would you say? Arabic speakers only. What would you say? Wallayli either. You wouldn't say yasr. Yasri, right? Wallayli either. Yasri. Wallayli either. Yasri. So why here is the ya dropped? One of the scholars of Islam asked this to his teacher. His teacher made him sleep outside his door for a year before he gave him the answer. And then the answer he gave him wasn't correct. <laughs> but the, he made him sleep outside on, the, on his doorstep for a year. He said, sleep on my doorstep for a year and I will give you the answer. That normal, in normal spoken Arabic, we would say, yesri and not yesr. Wallayli idha yesri. But here, uh, they say it's taken in order to, uh, to keep in, in, in line with the style of the ayat. Wal-fajr, wal-layalin-ashr, wal-shaf'i wal-watr, wal-layli idha yasr. Yani it keeps in the, the style of the ayat. Here in the Qur'an, it's important to say, we never ever say about the Qur'an like we say about poetry. In poetry, we say, daruratu shi'r, right? We say that the poet had to do it. Uh, you know what I mean? In poetry, we say the poet had to remove the letter because his poetry wouldn't have worked. We don't say that about the Qur'an. The Qur'an is not poetry. We don't say anything like that about the Qur'an. It's not, the Qur'an is not poetry. But we say that sometimes Allah removes a letter in order to keep with the style of the ayat. You need to keep the ayat in the same, uh, in the same style or something like that. That's, that's the best way I can explain it in English. And to keep the ayat like that. We don't say to rhyme because it's the purpose of the Quran is not to rhyme. It's not, it's not rhyming. It's not, a, it's not a rhyme. It's not poetry. So we don't say so that it rhymes. That's not, they're not the right word to use about the Quran. But we say so that it matches the, uh, so that the ends of the ayat match, or so that the ayat, the style of the ayat matches. The night when it goes by. Now I'm going to leave you with something to think about. Allah Azza wa Jal swore by the night in several places in the Quran. Okay. I want you, if you can, for next week to gather together for me. Just English translation is fine. The different places where Allah swore about the night in the Quran. Yeah? Wallayli, and then so on. And we'll see if this is the same as them or if this is different. Hal fi dhalika qasamun hijr that Allah tells us that in this there is an oath for a people of intellect. And inshallah next week we're going to talk about that ayah. But I want you to gather together for me, if you can, the places in the Quran where Allah swears by the night and describes it. What else do we have from the top of your head that you can think of?
وَاللَّيْلِ إِذْ أَدَبَرْ وَالصُّبْحِ إِذَا أَسْفَرْ For example. So there are places in the Qur'an where Allah swore by a layl, by the night. See if you can bring them together in one place and we'll see if this is the same or if this is different. And inshallah we're going to talk next time about Ad and Samud and Fir'aun and why Allah Azza wa mentioned them in context with this Qasim. And I'm going to leave you one more thing to think about and that is a big question. What is the purpose of this Qasim? Normally there's an answer, right? For example, what do we say? وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا جَلَّاهَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَاهَا وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنَاهَا وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا طَحَاهَا وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا And here Allah swore by all those things for the purpose of this statement قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا the one who purifies their soul will definitely be successful. In this surah, what is the purpose behind the, the swearing by these things? Where's the sentence that says, it's just to think about, I don't want the answer now. It's just to think about, yeah? Where is the sentence? Where is the, the conclusion of all of this? What's the... What's, the, what's it bringing you to? What's, the, what's it drawing your attention to? And then I'm going to quote you what Ibn al-Qayyim said. And wallahi, when I heard what Ibn al-Qayyim said about this, I just started thinking, wallahi, this man was a genius. Wallahi. Ibn al-Qayyim was a genius. Wallahi. Like you read what he said, you think, how did he get that from that? <laughs> it's like you cannot, you sit there just shaking your head with, how did he find that from there? And I will quote some of the things that he said. It's not easy, this one. It's not easy to find what is the, the purpose behind this qasam, the reason behind it. What's the, it's drawing your attention, it's bringing you to what? Have a think about it, inshallah, for next time. So do we have any questions before we finish? No answers to the questions I asked, okay? I want people to think about it for next time. Yesri with the ya in, in any other qiraat Not that I know of Not that I know of But you, can, you know it's there Because of the kasra On the ra Like that If you join it Yeah I mean not that I know of Like I haven't memorized all yani, the qiraat So me I'm on, I'm on number two <laughs> I'm not like I'm not on number ten So I'm not, I, I, I'm not like that I know of, I don't know of a qira'a that has a qira'a mashhura that has it in. Sorry? Okay, do we have any questions from the guys here? So you guys notice the time for Isha has gone to half past uh, six, yeah? So that everybody notices that that's the new time for our class now. And that's, inshallah, and I think that will be for, you know, a little while, inshallah. No more questions? No one here? Okay, inshallah. That's what Allah made easy for us to mention. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. Wassalatu wassalam. Ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajba'in. Fika barakallah. Jazakumullah khairan for watching. Please subscribe, share, and you can visit mohammedtim.com.